Episode 78, Your Inner Guru. Welcome to the First Year Married Podcast, where we get real about building the marriage of your dreams. I'm marriage coach Kayla Levin, and I take newly married and engaged women from anxious and insecure to confident and connected through practical tips, real-life inspiration, and more than a little self-awareness along the way. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. I'm really looking forward to sharing this episode with you. I spoke last week about anxiety and resentment, and I heard a lot back from you specifically on the topic of resentment. And in both cases, what I see is sometimes our brains go spinning out of control. And so today I'm going to be giving you a specific, really fun tool that helps you get back in control, back to being centered, and just in a good place where we're not making ourselves and everyone around us crazy. But before we keep going, I just want to give you guys a heads up that I'm going to be talking a little bit more here on the podcast about how all this work relates for women specifically in the Jewish community. It's a really important part of my life and many of my clients' lives. It's something that we talk about a lot, and I really feel that as a coach, I want to be able to offer that. So of course, if that's not comfortable for you, I love you. I wish you well. <laughs> and if you'll always have access to all the podcasts up until now, um, which have been kept very general and sort of applicable for most people. If you're not Jewish but want to keep listening, you are more than welcome to. I think you'll continue to get a whole lot of value and maybe just some random information while you're at it. And of course, if you're a member of my community, I hope you find that this is extremely valuable for you to see some more examples that represent you. I just also didn't want to blindside anyone, so that's your official announcement. Okay, now that everyone's been warned, let's dive in. This tool that I'm going to teach you today about your inner guru is for helping us get back in control when our brains are totally going off the rails. So I'm going to give you two examples today of situations that could theoretically come up. I'm not saying that all men are going to do this and all women are going to do that. I'm just painting a picture of a couple. Might be loosely based on lots of different stories and situations and sessions that I've had. Just to sort of paint the picture of sort of where our when our brains can go to town. But of course, these examples are not exhaustive. This is just sort of to, to paint the picture. So Let's say we have a couple getting ready for vacation and he's taking a slow morning. He's enjoying his coffee, finishing up what he needs to do at work so he can relax when he gets there. He might even go to bed early to be ready for the early morning departure, right? What's she doing? And meanwhile, she's anxiously reviewing her list of things to get done and pack and she's scrambling around, frantically trying to get everything done envying his long shower because she has to rush through so she can finish, calculating how late she's going to have to stay up to finish all the stuff she has to do for work that she's not going to be able to do on vacation. And meanwhile, she's also watching his every move or more importantly, lack of movement and having a lot of judgment about all that. She's in this nonstop cycle of self isolation. We don't see it when we're in it, but the way it feels to me when I think back over situations like this is like each condemnation in my head, each frustration that I'm saying in my head and not saying out loud is like another brick on the wall that I'm putting around myself. And to her, his lack of self-awareness about how much stress she's under is proof that he's not actually interested in helping, 
right? Isn't that what it feels like in the moment? Like he obviously doesn't care or he obviously doesn't want to help because he doesn't see how upset I am. So her brain is going rapid fire about how unfair this is. She shoves in the shirt, how he's never worked as hard as her, grabs the shampoo. This is for sure from his mother raising him wrong, slams in the shoes, right? As she's packing, she's just getting more and more and more worked up, right? Okay. Have I painted the picture? <laughs> let's try another one. Let's do an example from Shabbos morning. So let's say that we're still in COVID and there's social distancing and most synagogues haven't opened back up again. So let's say your husband isn't going to davening. He's not going to praying in the morning on Shabbos. And so he's sleeping in because it's not going to take him as long by himself, right? There's a lot of things he can't do. But you also know that he's really hungry at the normal time you eat lunch. Like at 12, you, you've seen him in the past, like by 1230, already starting to get kind of anxious because he's really hungry and ready for the meal. Which means that when he sleeps until 11 o'clock and is only leaving himself like one hour to get in a quick chakras, and when I say one hour, I know like 20 of you just went, well, my husband's is 20 minutes. Okay, fine. So we'll say 20 minutes. Whatever it is, less than that for the example so you don't use this to spin out on your husband. Right? Okay, so... He, go, he sleeps till 11, 11.30, and then he does this quick chakras, and then there's nobody else to set the table and prepare the food but you if he wants to eat at 12, right? So she's doing the same thing as packing lady, right? Shabbos morning, no podcast to distract you, can't listen to me to help you feel a little inspired and relaxed. So she's preparing the salads. I can't believe he's still asleep. She's setting the table. Does he actually think I enjoy doing this by myself? Maybe you're even going to go dive in yourself and the whole time you're going, I'm the tired one. I'm the one who should be sleeping in. I don't think I'm just speaking to myself. I'm pretty sure some of you can relate. So if this is a familiar pattern for you, the good news is it's going to happen again. So let's prepare for it. Here's the game we're going to play. Okay, here's your tool. It's called Inner Guru. So with our vacation couple, she sees that he's not helping with the packing. Her brain automatically jumps so fast she doesn't even see it happen. That's the important part to he's not willing to help me or he thinks it is my job. Okay. At that point, she starts to feel disdain and resentment. So since we often can't even catch the thought that creates all that emotion, I want you to tune in when the feeling comes up, okay? If you've been feeling a lot of resentment or a lot of anxiety or whatever that negative emotion is, just take a second to remember what that feels like physiologically for you. Like where in your body do you feel it? Because then the next time it comes up, you'll have a much easier time identifying it and then you get to go, hold up. Why am I feeling this feeling? So for her, why am I feeling resentful? And then she's going to know because he thinks everything is my job. For a lot of you, as you learned the thought work that I teach here, you wanted to just stop thinking negative thoughts altogether. That seemed initially like the goal, right? If my thoughts, my negative thoughts are creating this negativity or this judgment or this anxiety, so how can I stop the thoughts from happening? We talk about this so much inside the First Year Married group. I call it thought perfectionism. We're going to get to it in a future podcast. Another issue that I see is that in trying to get awareness, some of you actually end up spinning out even further, right? So you're trying to get to the bottom of your thoughts, but you're still so caught up in the emotion that it sounds like this. He thinks everything is my job. Why do I think that? Well, because of times X, Y, and Z when he did this before. 
What do I make that mean? It means I'm married to a bad person. What do I make that mean? I'm going to get divorced. Oh no, I'm getting divorced. Okay, right? That's not awareness. <laughs> That's called spinning out of control. So for today, we're not pushing away the negative thought. We're also not diving straight into it and examining it. I'd recommend doing that kind of work of examining that thought with a coach because that can really keep you productive and on track so that you don't kind of go off the rails with it, right? What we're going to do here in the podcast today is just loosen it up a little bit. So I like to imagine that in my head, (laughs) there are different voices. And one of them is this little inner guru that's just really calm and curious, and I can bring her in when my frazzled, resentful, overwhelmed cartoon mom self goes off the rails. Like, remember the cartoon Kathy? I always think of it like looking like that, right? So my inner guru is like a maternal Yoda. She loves me. She totally empathizes with my drama, but she totally sees it for what it is. Like, she doesn't buy it one bit, but she cares about me. She doesn't want me to feel that way. So it might sound something like this. He thinks everything is my job. And the guru says, does he though? Well, then he should be helping. And then she says to me, but what if he wants to help? Well, he did offer that one time to help when I told him I was overwhelmed. Okay, maybe I should talk to him. (laughs) Okay. It's much more concise. It's much more simple. But what it does by bringing in that kind of that other character for you, it's going to help you have a more of a back and forth and it's going to keep you from doing that spinning out of control. So let's look at our couple Shabbos morning, right? And he's still sleeping and she's setting the table and she knows now that she's not going to have any help. And so she thinks this is so unfair. I'm the one who should be sleeping. And the guru goes, are you like 100% the one who should be sleeping or are you like 70%? And she's like, well, I think I'm I'm more tired than him, but I, he actually did have kind of a hard week. Yeah, he's a little tired. Okay. If you had to go pray every Saturday morning, would you sometimes maybe want to like take a little bit of a break if everything's going crazy in the world? Okay, yeah. Okay, yes, that's true. I might be okay with that, right? It's just kind of like, it's just a way of, having another piece of you that can come in because really obviously all of those thoughts are coming from you but you're tuning into another part of yourself really what you are is you're tuning into the higher brain the brain that is detached and to do that little visualization of like it's really just this sort of like old yoda lady who's like looking out for me and she's got my back but she's gonna call me on it right it allows you to access that other piece of you so that it keeps you from just spinning out So I want to encourage you to really take this one and try it, especially if you see that you do have a tendency that when you're feeling frustrated or resentful or angry or scared, that you really spend a lot of time like examining your story and coming up with more evidence for your story and like kind of proving the story true for yourself, right? By the way, like I'm saying a lot about resentment, but this really does come up a lot with like anxiety and fear and nervousness or like self-esteem type of things where you're like questioning yourself and like if you're good enough. So anytime you start to feel yourself kind of doing that, like spinning out or going off the rails, you just bring in the inner guru. So it's a super simple tool. The main objective is just for you to get in touch with this other piece of yourself so that instead you, you are getting a chance to examine your thoughts. You're learning a little bit more about them, but you're learning 
about them from a place of detachment, of starting to loosen them, of being able to question them, right? And then that's where you're going to reaccess your creativity. That's where you're going to realize that, no, this teeny narrow version that I've created of my husband where in that moment, all he feels like is just a totally selfish pig actually is not truly a representation of him. It's not a representation of any human being. There are so many more nuances to it. There's so much gray area to it. There might even be maybe what he's doing is even the best possible thing, or it's not for me and I might need to find a way of expressing that to him, right? But if anyone here has ever tried to express your need to your husband coming from a place of like accusation and resentment, so you've probably found out for yourself it doesn't work. If you'd like to use my field research, I'm Happy to tell you I've practiced that many times <laughs> for many different ways. Didn't work, so you don't have to try yourself, but you're welcome to if you feel compelled to. And instead, getting back to this place where we're grounded, where we realize, like, we, the story is really compelling, but it's not getting me anywhere. I'm just adding these bricks to my wall. I'm making myself less available for help, less able to get what I need, less able to communicate and have the relationship that I want bring you down back to yourself, back to a centered place. I mean, the one that cracks me up is that like, when I'm in that place, like I was thinking about the Shabbos morning when I didn't have that exact experience, but when I'm in the place where I'm like setting the table and I wanted help from someone and I'm doing it by myself and I can be, if I'm feeling resentful that they're not helping me, I'm like, I hate this job. This is the worst thing. I hate setting the table. And then when I don't expect anyone to do it, like one week, all my kids just like went out and my husband was out and they were playing on the street and I was like alone in the house and I was like, oh my gosh, it'd be so fun. I never get to sit at the table. The kids always do it. So let me try. And I was doing it and I was like, well, this is kind of fun. Like I never do this. Like there's nothing wrong with setting a table, right? And it's so funny because the resentment actually makes everything even worse, right? Even less enjoyable. So I'd love to, as always, to hear from you see how the inner guru works for you. Give it a try. I know in these examples, you know, I'm not using your exact example. I'm not using your exact husband. What I want to really make clear is that part of the importance of this idea is that when you ask a question, your brain goes hunting for the answers. So if you're sitting there going, he thinks everything is my job. So then the only thing you're going to be noticing is how that's true. But as soon as you ask a question, which is even more powerful than a statement, but does he really think everything is my job? Does he always think everything is my job? Is that totally true? So then we're going to start questioning that statement. And I'm going to start to find all the evidence that that's not true. And so you're going to see as you're using that, that these little questions, these little sort of gentle pushes, these gentle questions are going to give you a whole new access to what's really going on in the situation and give you a lot more potential for being in a much, much happier, more centered, more connected place. So I hope you all have an amazing, amazing week. And I look forward to seeing you back here next week. For those of you who haven't joined us yet in the First Year Married community, we are still doing weekly Q&A calls. It's been really amazing for all different types of women to be able to come together, hear each other's questions. Hearing someone else's scenario can sometimes be so much more valuable even than getting your own questions answered. So tuning in, just sort of staying on top of that regular inspiration, but on a much deeper level, right? Taking the inspiration, making it something that's really, really something you're implementing into your life. So I really want to invite you, if you haven't joined us yet, to come on over to the First Year Married community. All of that 
alumni support is available after your one payment for the course and you have lifetime access because you know what? If you're a newlywed, your life is sometimes crazy. I've had people buy the course and say, I don't think I'm going to be able to take this course for six months, but I just want to know that I have it there. I've had people say to me, they've taken two classes and just knowing that they've got the rest of the course ready for them whenever they need it is a tremendous comfort and that they have the support of sending in questions when they're struggling with something and getting a new perspective is a tremendous comfort. So I hope that any of you who would like to join us, I have we have women newly married up to several years married. So if you're not strictly inside the first year married community, which a lot of you aren't because this podcast has been around for longer than a year. So if you've been here since the beginning, you've celebrated an anniversary. It's kind of cool. We really have a variety of women and I think it's just amazing. The more people that come in, the better this community gets. And I really want to welcome you all to join us over there. Firstyearmarried.com forward slash course. Okay. See you back here next week. Bye-bye.